0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Thanks for checking out part two of this week's episode of the MMA Hour. Hope you're enjoying the show. All right. um, Let us move along to our next guest. Great to talk to her, as always on this program. A lot to talk to Holly Holm about, so let us not keep her waiting any longer. Let's go to the phone lines now and say hello to the preacher's daughter, Holly Holm, who's standing by. Holly, are you there? Hi. I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you, as always. Um, okay, so there's a lot to talk to you about, but first, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about Saturday because you had a connection to both fighters, Chris Cyborg, who you just fought, and, of course, Yana Kunitskaya, a teammate of yours. What did you think about the fight?
1: You know, I mean, uh, we all know Cyborg's a strong a strong fighter. You know, she, she hits hard, and she's always kind of aggressive. Um, and Yana... I mean, until the, the end of the fight, you know, Yana had was she had some good moments. You know, she had a takedown, got on top, she was kind of controlling the cage, and took her back. Um, so it's not that it was, you know, all bad for Yana. I think that she had some moments and thinks she's going to learn from the fight and, you know, just go forward. When the fight's over, all you can do is learn from it and move forward. So, um, you know, I have respect for both of them, and it's uh, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those things like I, I think about all my fights that I always want to avenge my losses. And it's something that I, I want, you know, is I want to fight. I want that fight back. Um, I know it's a lot of work and, and the biggest, uh, fighter in all the, you know, women's divisions of the u s c but, um, it's also one of those that I feel like I can do it. And I want to do it again, but, um, uh, I don't know. It's not, you know, like I said, Friday's fight, Yana had some moments in there, and I know that she'll be able to learn. That's a big fight to take on your UFC debut.
0: Did you, I mean, did she come to you a lot? In the, It wasn't a lot of time to prepare for someone like Cyborg, and, and I feel for her because, as I've said a bunch of times, you know, it's just it's such a tall task to debut in a title fight in a main event against someone like cyborg you 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 know you could fight in front of eight hundred people at Invicta, but this is a different beast as you know. did she lean on you a lot going into this did did you try to help her out mentally how to prepare for you know, this experience
1: we're We're mostly just real good training partners, you know. I just tried to be there every day be a be a sparring partner for her, be a grappling partner for her um just you know there's not a lot of girls our size, obviously we're the only two girls at that, you know, weight. So, um, I just tried to make myself accessible to whatever she would need to help, you know, and I just, I had a whole, her whole training camp, I was a righty. So kind of, uh, different type of training, just be like a righty the whole time, but it was kind of fun and, and, um, helped me to evolve as a fighter as well. You know, I tried to give her the best look I could, um, But, you know, we have a lot of teammates at the gym that she, you know, trained with as well, Uh, just trying to give her a good look. And, you know, like you said, it is a big fight to take uh, just to be a main event um, on pay-per-view for your first UFC fight alone is a big deal, much less against, you know, the big unbeatable fighter that's out there. And up in a weight class, that's not even your normal weight class, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of of things that you kind of have to mentally overcome to even get in in the cage there and and you know she still had some good moments but um i know that she'll be a better fighter for it going forward and you know we'll see what happens with her future
0: um it sounds to me correct me if i'm wrong like here we are a little over two months later and the cyborg fight is the one that keeps your fire going is that like a is that a dream opportunity for you is that is that the number one sort of thing at the top of the list you'd love that rematch
1: I definitely want that rematch, you know, but I'm not, it's not something I'm putting, you know, all my thought into. I don't, I don't even think that could be my next fight. I bet you it'll be something else. You know, I don't know what it might be, maybe 135, maybe 145. I'm really not putting too much uh, into it, thinking it's got to be one way or the other, but um, I don't know. I guess it's just one of those things that I have just, I always want to beat the unbeatable, I guess. And So, yes, that always kind of drives me a little bit.
0: Have you thought about which weight class you'd prefer fighting at, 145 or 135?
1: Well, whatever. I mean, obviously, I feel like I'm the bigger fighter at 135, but at 145, it's, like, so much less stress without, you know, worrying about every, you know, meal, diet, and cutting weights, like, super easy, and, you know, it kind of takes that stress away, but... Um, so honestly, there's like pluses and minuses with either one. And I'm open either.
0: Have you watched the Cyborg fight yet? Your, your fight against Cyborg at
1: 219?
0: No, <laughs> no. You have, you haven't.
1: No, when I get back into training camp, I probably will. I mean, I, I've seen clips here and there. I know that a lot of the clips are just, you know, highlights of her hitting me because this is hyping for this fight. But, um, I know I had some good moments, you know, and there's a couple of times, um, I know that there's a couple times that I hit her with some good solid shots, and I do felt like, you know, like in the clinch that I was doing some good things. And there's there's always something to build on. But um, it always takes me a little while to go back and watch my fight, too.
0: What do you—without watching, I'm sure you remember so much of it. What do you wish you did differently in that fight?
1: Well, I can't tell you all of that because if I get oh. a rematch, i <laughs> <okay. laughs> be able to do it. But, I mean— you know, there, there are a couple things, like, I mean, just basic things. It's just, um, I just wish I would have been more active in situations that I maybe was controlling. And um, But every fight is different, too. And there's things that I, I have goals of what I want to get better on, but I definitely don't want to just think about that either because even though it would be a rematch with this, you know, if her and I got a rematch, it still would be a different fight. No two fights are exactly the same. Even right. if it's because people go back the second time thinking, well, this is what I'm going to change this time. And so a fight really doesn't go the same way every time.
0: Do you take some solace in the fact that you were the first person to go the distance with her in around nine years? Like, is that a feather in your cap or do you not really care?
1: Well, one thing that I. I guess it's not the. Five rounds I went with her. It's that I gave her a competitive five rounds. I think that is more something that I I know um, that I'm proud about. I guess um, I know it was her toughest fight, really. I guess, um, but the way I look at it, I, I still when I think about my fight, I still walked away with a loss. So I, it's there's really not that much pride I have about it. You know what I mean?
0: Mm. And, and to me, I should a win
1: is, is pride. <laughs> go, go ahead, sorry. To me, the win is, is the pride. It's, it's. You know, I, I didn't take the fight just to make it five rounds. Right. I took it because I wanted to win. And so, yeah, I know that I was the toughest fight, and it's like, well, I know I did that. And so there's like a little bit of, uh, okay, well, I know I was the toughest fight. But that's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the one to beat her, you know?
0: And I should note, first one to go five rounds. Um, she hadn't gone the distance in nine years, but that was in a five-round fight, so that's another, you know, uh, little feather in your cap as well. But I understand what you're saying about the win. I, I I asked you this question before that fight in Brooklyn a little over a year ago, and I'm sure, and this is not a concern, or at least a great concern to you, but is is it a little surprising that other than Cyborg, they haven't really built out that division? Like there's there's really no other true 145ers who are actively competing in the UFC. Do you think that's a little strange?
1: Yeah, I think they're – you know, maybe they don't really want to – I don't know. But I think that maybe they don't really want to have to promise that many fighters, you know, and add more to the roster. I think they just kind of want to do – just kind of one at a time. I mean, Cyborg's obviously the one that everybody wonders, will will anybody ever beat her? And so I think they just kind of keep it based around that and try and see who will take the fight. Um, But I think that it'd be – you know – when you start to build a division around it, and you actually start to bring people in, that's going to create a competition and a goal, and that can change a lot of things, you know. Um, rather than just keeping like the one person there and just kind of like singly bringing in one from uh, opponent from here or one from there, one from there. there. I guess there's not really a 145 pound division. There's just every now and then there's a title fight for the 145 pound belt.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. It's the Chris Cyborg division um she yeah. you know we we haven't heard much uh from you you've kind of laid low since the fight and understandably so um but i'm just wondering you know considering you've been fighting for so long did what happened at 219 uh force you to sort of evaluate your career and, and how much longer you want to do this a
1: lot of people are asking me they say oh you've had four out of five losses you know four out of five fights or losses and you know, you're thirty six and are you gonna retire now? And it's like I mean, it just it, I still wanna fight, that's the bottom line. Um you know, there's some people that say, Oh wow, you're the only one that actually took her that far and then there's others that say, Oh, are you gonna retire? And I'm like, Well, why would I want to retire when I just gave gave her the toughest fight she's had too, you know what I mean? And in a in a weight class that's the heavier weight class from what I usually fight and against the biggest, you know, person, like I was still the one to give her the Toughest fight, So I don't really understand the retirement, you know, people think, should you retire? Maybe it's just because of the way that, you know, the four fights have gone, but it's, um, I don't see it that way. I know that I still am competitive and um, have a lot of capabilities and I still want to do it. So I definitely don't have this, you know, obviously every year gets like a little bit more like, well, maybe I see it kind of coming closer. I'm 36. I'll be 37 this year, you know? Um, but I still feel like I'm strong and then, and in competitive shape, I don't feel 36, you know, I feel competitive and I feel strong and I feel like I can uh, really do well still. So I'm going to keep going with it.
0: The retirement questions. I get the sense they annoy you.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, and I and I don't blame you. It's like imagine someone coming up to anyone who's working in any industry. Are you thinking about calling it quits? And you're. It's not like you're. You know, sixty years old. So it's it's a bizarre thing in sports. Uh, where I think I it's, f- uh,
1: it depends on how they say it too. It's like like oh, how much longer do you think you're going to do this? Like that that's different. Um, but the ones that are like, gosh, you're thirty six. Like, are you gonna you know retire? Are you gonna do this? It's like it's like uh, I remember my. Sister in law, um, you know, like three kids. Sometimes people will be like, "Wow, they're on their third kid." It's like, yeah, that's what they want to do with their life. <laughs> like, what's wrong with that? You know, because she had three kids like in a row. That's like, all her kids are gonna be like buddies and be able to grow up together and be friends together. But a lot of people are like, "Wow." Like my mom said the same thing when she was pregnant with me. Like a lot of people are like, "Wow, you're having a third kid already." Like, why would you do that? It's like, why are you gonna? Why are you asking someone that when they're already pregnant? They have sure. their baby on their way. Yeah. So I'm so fighting. Obviously, this is what I want to do. And I think that it's weird that there's so many people out there that uh, look at people's lives in that lit. Okay. Just actually, just last night, one of uh one of our teammates just posted this quote from Heath Ledger. I'd never seen it before, and I love it. Okay. I'm looking it up right now.
0: Okay, he please.
1: Says, it's exactly how I feel. In life, with everything, so I have it right here on my phone. I kept it. I don't keep many quotes. That's how much I like this one. All right. So it says, "Everyone you meet always asks if you have a career, are married, or own a house, as if life was some kind of grocery list. But nobody ever asks you if you're happy. And that's totally how life is sometimes. Oh, are you married? You? Oh, you have a house here? You? It's like what? It is. It's like, is this a grocery list? Like, are you just checking stuff off? Like? I want to live day to day and, right, and I want to live by passion. And right now I still want to fight. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm not promised to even live tomorrow. You know, anything can happen in life. So I'm just going to do what I feel like doing right now.
0: So let me ask you, are you happy?
1: I am. <laughs> There's always things in life that are like struggles and things that are frustrating. And in my career life, yes, I'm very brokenhearted right now because I'm coming off of a loss. But with that being said, I can't ever feel anything but blessed. I have so many good people around me in my life, and I still have this team that's awesome, and I still have goals and dreams that I want to shoot for. You know, I think a lot of people in life don't even know what their passion might be, and I feel fortunate and blessed to have a passion because I feel a purpose. So that that makes me happy.
0: Just curious, has the UFC even contacted your management, like saying, oh, we have this plan for her next, we want her to do this? That Has anything been brought to your attention since the fight?
1: Uh, Lenny's talked to them a little bit, and I kind of just told them, yeah, I'm going to be ready to fight pretty soon, but usually I'm like, what's next right away? And uh, this is the first time I said, you know, I think I probably just need like a month or two to just kind of not stress about a fight. I still want to train, enjoy training, all that. You know, but, um, there's some fighters that are really active, some that aren't, you know, I'm usually a pretty active fighter and, um, I'm usually never like, oh, just let me, I was like, you know, as this it's not just, it wasn't that it was because of the last fight. It was just, I don't know. I just felt like, you know what, give me like a month or two to not have like that deadline, the goal, the, you know, that weight on my shoulders. It's not even that long, just you know, two months to just kind of take care of some things and kind of catch up on my life outside of fighting. And, you know, I'm already getting kind of that ache again. You know, I was in the gym a lot since my last fight already. <clears throat> you know, I was back within two weeks. I was already back training because uh, I just wanted to keep evolving and getting better. And then sure enough, um, you know, after a little bit of time, um you all know how to fight with Cyborg. And I was training with her anyway because they had talk of an earlier um, fight card with her that they she possibly was going to be fighting a girl that was actually a lefty. And so we, I was kind of in there just for that purpose. Um, so I've kind of just been in the gym anyway. But it's, it's been nice to train for fun. Yeah. And without training, I always enjoy training for the most part, but getting close to a fight, when you have to go in and really focus on your opponent and the deadline and your diet and everything like that, it's like, I, I like to eat healthy anyway. The diet's not that stressful, but I'm just saying, it's just a lot of different elements when you're actually in training camp to when you're not. And so I just kind of been enjoying, enjoying my training.
0: Do you enjoy like, just based off, off your Instagram, your social media, it seems like sometimes uh, we we have you guys in boxes um, like you're fighters and you're always hanging out with fighters but you obviously have a life outside of fighting and you have friends outside of fighting. And sometimes it's like, wow, Holly likes to cook or Holly, you know, like you're, you're, you're not, you know what I mean? Do you, do you sometimes need that break from the gym to not um, be sort of flooded with all things fighting? Is that healthy for you?
1: You know what? I, 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 if I'm not in a, the, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't at least go to the gym, but um, right now, I guess, and always, In between fights, I kind of just try and change it up a little bit. Um, Right now I'm doing a little bit more yoga and strength training so I can go see different faces and get a benefit from different types of training because I may not have time for as much of that when I get back into a fight camp. And that way I don't ever feel – I think mine is more – I don't ever want to feel like my training is too monotonous to where I don't get up for a fight, you know? I don't want to feel like burnt out by the time I even start a training camp. But I kind of try to keep a little bit of a different schedule in between. Yes, I still will do something MMA related once a day. Okay. Um, but it's not like I might just spar in the morning and then go back in the afternoon and grapple and go back for another private. It's like I'll probably go to practice in the morning and then maybe instead of going back, you know, to the gym for something else, I might go for or run and go to yoga, or go... You know, I, I've been doing... I only do, like, two days a week of strength training when I have a fight coming up. And even the closer to a fight, I actually... Some with The last couple of weeks, I don't really do any more strength training. At that point, you know, lifting weights your last week of hard training isn't going to make you stronger for the fight. It's probably just going to break your muscles down. So, um, But right now is the time to try and maybe build some strength a little bit. Not that I'm trying to bulk. I just want to have some, you know, just inner strength. And so I've been doing, I don't know, just a little bit more of that, a little yoga, a little Pilates, and <laughs> just changing it up.
0: And by the way, I have to ask, um, have you been compelled to watch Ronda Rousey in WWE? Have you checked her out?
1: Um, I haven't watched anything yet, but I, I will. Um, Why not? I a lot of people ask me, too, like, would you ever do something like that whenever you're done fighting? And I'm like, why not? It's like it in life but well, why not go ahead and take on every, you know, possibility that you have and any kind of like experience you can get? Um so Rhonda going to to do that, why not? I'm sure yeah. you' probably having fun with it, you know?
0: So so is that something that you will try to like do you have an interest in pro wrestling?
1: Oh, who knows? Okay. I I never really know what, what... gosh, I look at my whole career and it's like, you know, when I very first fought, I just kind of wanted to see what it was like. I didn't ever even think I'd really be pro. And then when I turned pro, I didn't think I'd really fight for a title. And then when I fought for a title, I didn't think I'd defend it so many times. And then when I was doing that, I didn't really think I was going to do MMA. And then when I was in MMA, I thought, you know, I had these, like, small goals, but I look back at, like, the journey that these small goals have taken me on. Who knows where I'll be? So when people ask me about it, I guess I'm not going to say I'll never do it, but I'm not going to say that it's something that is in my plan right now because my my goals right now still are just in MMA.
0: So Holly Holm is going to go out of her way and watch Ronda Rousey's WrestleMania debut in April. Is that accurate?
1: I'm going to do it.
0: Oh, wow. That's amazing. (laughs) That just shows the kind of person that you are. That's great. I'm happy to hear that, and uh, and and good to catch up with you as always, Holly. Thank you very much for stopping by. Do, last Thank thing, do you, do you have a month that you want to come back? Is there a time frame yet, or no, you haven't even thought of that yet?
1: Oh, I definitely don't want to be like too too long. You okay. know, speaking of age, uh, it's not like I got. I I will be 37 this year. So, but look at Andre; he's 39, I think it is. He just had a big win this last weekend. So, I guess it's all how you take care of your body too. But, yep. um, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe in the summer hope so i mean we're already in march so hopefully it'll come something
0: will come soon all right well we wish you the best holly thank you so much for stopping by thanks for for taking the time as always yep we'll talk to you soon there she is holly holmes stopping by great to talk to her as always still very much player still very much one of the top draws in the ufc's women's division there's there's absolutely no doubt about that um just just look at the pay-per-view buy rate for 219 and i'm curious to see this one with with cyborg kind of carrying it um it's kind of not being a household name. I'm I'm, I'm very curious to see what this one does, um, on pay per view. All right, so that's uh, that's 222 talk. We'll have more later on in the program. But one of the big stories uh, late last week was that John Fitch has signed with Bellator. How about that? The longtime MMA veteran, of course, former UFC title challenger, just recently was the WSOF welterweight champion of the world. He has been uh, let go from that organization. His his own His own doing, his decision, they're rebranding into PFL. They vacated all the belts, and now he is in Bellator, and he'll be debuting on May 12th against the one and only Paul Daly in his backyard, longtime backyard, of San Jose, California. So a perfect place for his Bellator debut. He joins us now via the magic of Skype. There he is, John Fitch. John, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you doing, Ariel?
0: I'm doing great. Great to talk to you, and congratulations on, on the big news could you explain what happened with, you know, uh, WSOF slash PFL? You were their champion. They rebrand. How did you leave that organization? How did that go down?
2: Uh, you know, uh, this is prize fighting, and I'm in the business of, of winning titles. And, uh, you know, I think there's more competition and better people to fight in Bellator, and I, I just wanted to, to, to chase another title. And uh, it was more appealing to me to... Jump ship and go to Bellator and uh, track down another title than it was to enter a tournament, fight five times in six months, and uh, you know win a win a title and then lose it in the same night.
0: Okay, so you asked for your you still had fights left, or did everything kind of start at zero once they rebranded?
2: No, I, I mean they have to honor the contracts, and uh, you know there are some parts of my contract that I, you know I most, the most thing I was most worried about is not being active. You know, it's the worst thing for a fighter is to be healthy and ready to fight and then not be active, not be offered fights. So uh, I had some provisions in my contract that said they had to offer me certain fights and certain time frames. Uh, They failed to do so. So I I, I just held them to the contract. They either needed to provide the fights, pay me for the fights they didn't give me or release me. And they chose to release me.
0: Okay. Um, was Bellator your top choice? Is that where you wanted to go?
2: Um, yeah, I think so. It's my hometown. Uh, they do a lot of shows here. Yeah. Um, I really like Scott Coker. As our uh, Scott Coker, sorry, uh, Scott Coker, and uh, I think he's the best promoter in the business right now. Why? Um, you know, I think he's he's been doing this for a very long time, uh, and he's done it um, very well. I think he puts a better, put, puts together a better show, and um, I think you know if it wasn't for the UFC's monopoly, he would probably be dominating the market.
0: Um, you've never fought for Scott before, obviously, but of course, a mainstay in the San Jose region. And as you mentioned, been doing this for a long time. Did you have any kind of relationship before, you know, this negotiation?
2: Um, yeah, we've, we've, we're friends. We've talked, we've uh, hung out before. I've had dinner with the man. Uh, I, I, I know people who worked with him intimately and have for many years, uh, people I'm friends with and nobody has anything negative to say about him. And,
0: and you're back at AK now, right?
2: Yes, we uh, moved back to San Jose. Um, Vegas was great. Uh, One Kick Nick was amazing. Uh, I still work with Nick. Uh, the guys I got to got got train and spar with and everything, uh, Chidi and Jikawani especially, um, a lot of great guys uh, at One Kick's gym. Um, but we just didn't have the family support that we do here in, in San Jose. And with two kids, uh, it, it was difficult to, uh, to manage, I think, when we were in Vegas.
0: Okay. Um, so you get the bellator deal you're on this big stage you're fighting at home and you're fighting paul daly and these are two marquee names mm-hmm. i think the Great welterweight fight. division is the best division in bellator right now um it's the deepest in bellator right off the bat it seems this is a tough style matchup for paul daly historically he's had trouble with wrestlers uh, did you think the same were you surprised I mean, that that they gave you Daly? or maybe given his troubles with the organization maybe this was a punishment for speaking out i don't know what did you think
2: I, I think I'm a, I'm a bad stylistic matchup for everybody. Okay. And that, sh- that should be my nickname, bad, <laughs> bad stylistic matchup. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, fair.
2: <laughs> There's not too many people who are like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great matchup for them against Shantich. It just doesn't know. I, I have too many tools to my uh, disposal, and uh, I'm a cardio machine, and I'm just, I'm just meaner than most people, and you, you, it's hard to beat mean.
0: How far away do you think you are from the Roy McDonald orbit?
2: I don't, I don't want to look past, uh, you know, um, Paul Daly. He's tough. Uh, and uh, there's other tough guys out there, you know. But um, I think by the end of the year, if things go well, if I'm healthy, if he's healthy, um, it's a possibility for sure.
0: Of course, we all remember UFC 87. Is this your chance to right that wrong? You can't fight GSP, but maybe he's the next best thing. Is, is this part of your motivation?
2: Um, I'm in the, I'm in the business to fight the best guys in the world. Um, I'm not here just to, uh, just to talk trash and be on TV. I want to, I want to challenge myself. I want to fight the best. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to go to belt tours. There's not, there's not really many people or anybody left for me to fight in the PFL. Um, Jake Shields is probably their best guy. Um, you know, I beat Okami already, there's not a lot for me there.
0: Right. And of course, Okami is in the UFC now, so um, he's not there as well. Um, You are obviously always vocal about the state of MMA and you're doing great work um, trying to help the sport evolve. And I see you're wearing the MMAFA Mm -hmm. shirt. How do you feel about the state of MMA in 2018?
2: Uh, It's slowly getting better, but it's still not a free market. We have no free market. There's no leverage for the fighters. Um, you know, just like a mighty mouse, he tried to, he tried to leverage his position and they threatened to get rid of his whole weight class. Uh, that just goes to tell you there's absolutely zero leverage on the fighter's side and there's no way to have leverage until we, uh, we get to own our titles in our rank. And the only way to do that is, uh, an independent sanctioning body.
0: So when you say there's no free market, I mean, like when you were released, you could sign with whomever you want, right? Isn't that a free market?
2: I mean, does, uh... Is Rory McDonald considered the best welterweight in the world? Is Tyrone Woodley gonna leave the UFC with his belt and fight uh, um Rory to prove that he's the best?
0: Right. But isn't that the case in so, every sport? No. Like if if you're if if I'm signed by the Orlando Magic no, for four if years.
2: I'm, if you're if you're um, you know, if you win a, a championship in the NFL for, for the Bills or whoever, right, you can you can go to another team the next year. If they bid for more money.
0: Well, not if you That's have a never ever gonna happen. But you have a contract. you sign the
2: a four contracts year deal. Never end. The contracts never end in the UFC. If you win the belt, you must defend it under okay. contract. That's one of the issues.
0: Right. So you have a problem with like the champions clause because every fighter signs for like X amount of fights, but you're saying the term there's no term usually, right? There's, it's not a two year deal, so it'll expire after two years. You have to fulfill those six fights or eight fights, whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. and uh, if you win the championship first off you won't even get a title shot unless you have more than one fight on your contract If you don't have one fight in your contract, you'll never get a title shot They will they will force you to sign an extension and then once you win the title shot you're forced to defend it In boxing you can go free agent the second you win a belt
0: did these um, You know these values did this come into play when you were deciding where you were going to go next in other words do you feel like Bellator doesn't have these restrictions contractually?
2: Everybody does, but I mean, I have to feed my family. Yeah. And uh, it's either I don't feed my family or I dive headfirst into um, uh, an exploitive uh, uh, environment, and we don't really have a choice. It's either fight and make money under these conditions or retire and go somewhere else and maybe make money or not make money.
0: Um, I'm, I'm sure you heard about... Uh, it's just new... not,
2: a, not a free market.
0: Right. The The, the new Project Spearhead group um, headed up by Leslie Smith, what, if anything, do you know about it? And and more importantly, how do you feel about it?
2: Um, I mean, uh, uh, a, a single entity um, labor union will not work in, in a mixed martial arts. Uh, if you have no leverage at all, then there's no way for you to have a CBA that's going to do anything. Um, when the, the promoter can willy-nilly strip belts, take your rank. Um, I was fired when I was ranked number nine. Somebody else was just given that rank. Um, I mean, if you look at the WWE, the WWE could eliminate their entire roster and continue forward with no problems with a brand new set of people. Uh, There's nothing stopping uh, the UFC or any other promotion from doing that exact same thing.
0: So you feel like something like this—it's a mistake for them to just be a UFC only. Even though, w- would you not agree that the UFC fighters and the Bellator fighters are sort of playing under different rules, like with the Reebok deal and USADA? There's different things that apply to them that don't apply to you in Bellator. So isn't it hard to get everyone on this uniform playing
2: field? Um, I mean, the the, the USADA and the uniform is not a is not an example of. Those fighters being uh, employees—that's a, it's a, that's a demonstration of the Montopani power of the UFC. Uh, you know, the uniforms are not evidence of employee status. They're uh, exhibit one of Montopani power. Uh, UFC athletes have no say. These terms are imposed on them precisely because the UFC is a dominant monopoly and monopolist. Uh, the athletes have no negotiating power whatsoever.
0: But I, I, isn't that exactly what an employee—like, you just tell an employee, you have to wear this, you have to do this, you have to be—isn't that exactly—
2: Again, uh, again, that's not evidence of being an employee. That's an dem, that's a demonstration of their monopsony power. That's a part of our class action lawsuit.
0: Right. How is the lawsuit going, in your opinion?
2: Well, we, uh, we're waiting for um, the status of being—they're uh, going to rule on our, our class. We're going to get our class status. Uh, if they find that we've all been damaged in the same way, uh, all fighters from 2010 till present day, if we've been uh, damaged in the same way, we'll we'll get the class and then we'll move forward from there.
0: There was a revelation that came out um, as far as the lawsuit is concerned from the UFC's lawyers, saying essentially that uh, it's it's impossible to compare the, the the fighters to professional athletes of the four major sports because they're unionized and these guys aren't, meaning you guys. And and it, it, at least it read to me like he was saying it's a mistake for the MMA fighters, UFC fighters to not be unionized because you don't get certain advantages and 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 of course you don't have a seat at the table. Did you see that? And did you feel the same way about about that response?
2: Uh, I mean, uh, why why are they only stating the UFC's experts? Uh, we had the um, we have the, the the premier leading economist uh, expert. Uh, Zambalist, um give Zimbalist. his statements too and he talked about yeah he talked about why they have their monopoly power why why is that quote stated um what do you mean by who the, the, another sport, the media another another it, the media and uh uh the other organizations out there <clears throat> <You clears throat> the, the fact is if ahead, uh, the league sports the league sports are league sports because they have 30 to 32 uh owners and entities you're talking about a single owner entity yeah. There's there's no negotiating with the single owner entity. They have all the power. They can just uh, take away your rank and title at any time they choose to. They can create a new rank and title anytime they choose to. They can fire everybody on the roster that has a loss and replace them quite easily and just give new ranks to new people.
0: Right. But in, in like in boxing if someone is is, you know, if I'm signed by Lou DeBella, I can't just leave Lou DeBella either, right? I mean, you can't you can't just go willy nilly. Well, that's Most a that's that's contract.
2: a man that's a manager not a that's a manager not a promoter.
0: Uh, I would say, actually no Lou DiBella I would say is a is a promoter. Like Lou DiBella, Lou Bob, DiBella Barham, Bob Arum, Bob Oscar De. These are promoters, oh, right? I'm sorry. You know what I
2: mean? They are promoters, yes. But but um, you have legitimate uh, promoters competing against them, and the athletes can sure. promote themselves if they choose to. So if you don't like the way the promoter is doing something, you could actually go to the other promoter and still compete for the top belt. You can't do that in the MMA. We're not really a sport. You can't, you can't say, Oh, this promoter is doing a bad job of promoting me. This promoter isn't doing a good job. He's not giving me good splits of the money. I'm going to leave this promoter and sign with another promoter. You won't have the same status. You will not have a, senior, a single MMA or UFC fighter leaving and be respected on the same level and have the chances to make the same amount of money if he goes to anywhere else. And he can't promote himself. I
0: mean, Roy McDonald did that, and he's probably making more money in Bellator than the UFC.
2: Uh, because the UFC was suppressing his wages, not because he had the chance to fight for the highest title there is to, uh, to own and then use that as leverage to gain more, more, more of the percentage of the revenue made.
0: Okay, I, I mean I guess that's uh that's arguable, but I get your point. Um, I also want. It's not arguable. It's a fact.
2: That's well, a fact, and and and, uh, and economists have come forward and made statements in our case proving that.
0: But I mean, our our next guest too, Gegard Mousasi left the UFC on a winning streak, went and signed with Bellator because they were paying him more, and seems to be enjoying.
2: And, and he still and he and he still will not maximize his profits the way he would in a free market.
0: Free agency how, and free market. But he wasn't a free market. The only
2: thing to drive up pay. He wasn't a free market. It's not a free market. He can't fight for the UFC title. The UFC title is the belt that pays the most money. No matter how much he gets paid by Bellator, he's never going to make as much money as if he owned the UFC title ever. I don't know how you could say that. I, and, the, I, and the and the and the I can because I can say it because our economists are saying it.
0: Well, I mean, uh, you're people comparing whose job one, it gonna, is
2: to know. Uh, to
0: You're comparing one organization who's 7 years old to know. another who's 25. They're not playing under the same rules. uh, I'm I'm,
2: I'm comparing a a company who's monopolized the market and controls 90% of the market share, who only pays out 17%, 17% to its athletes. Back in in the early 1900s, when when boxing had its monopoly scheme going on, they were paying their boxers 25%. NCAA athletes today make 22% of the revenues made. UFC fighters make 17%.
0: I listen, we're coming from the same place. I, I I talk about this almost ad nauseum on my program. Uh I, I do disagree with some of the things, but I appreciate the the passion and the insight. I want to ask you quickly before I let you go. It seems cause sometimes I get tagged in the tweets, you're not a fan of the MMA media as well. Is that accurate? Do you feel like we're not doing a good enough job of reporting on this?
2: I feel that um your hands are tired. I don't want to
3: attack anybody. I don't attack any of the managers, I don't attack any uh
2: uh, promoters,
3: I don't attack any of the of the sports uh, um, uh, media. Because you guys have your hands tied. When the monopoly in place, they have control over the entire market. And if you stand up to them and punish. You face this yourself. You got fired a job and reporting. Oh no. And, and and that's that they do those things to scare people. They do even scare people to ensure sure no one else tries it. I, I know that the media gets uh, handed talking points and told who to cover and when to cover them. That's not a secret, and, and I don't blame anybody for it. It's, it's a it's a it's a symptom of the disease of a monopoly. Everybody else is suffering through this, and even even the voters who exist in this market today have something to do with it. The tortillas are gone. They're out of here. They they cashed their checks and took off. They made a batch and they left. Now the rest of us have to deal with it.
0: Right. Do you, see, uh, do you see a light at the end of this tunnel? Do you, do you feel
3: like in your career? When we go to D.C., when I've been paying out of pocket to self-lobby and go to D.C., push for the Aliyah, when I talk to uh, uh, politicians, they're, they're lawyers and business owners. When we show them contracts, when we tell them the situation, they cannot believe it. It's gotten this bad. They can't believe something like this happens in, in this day and age. And uh, they're easily jumping on to support. Um, I feel that we're going to pass ALIAC through this year, and within uh, two years' time, until 2020, we'll have a free market. We'll be able to see who's really the best fighters in the world, and fighters will actually get to negotiate for real contracts and health care and all that stuff. Until that happens, we have no leverage, absolutely zero leverage. No CBA will ever do anything in a single entity monopoly. But
0: do you agree, though, that it is important, at least in this um, structure to have a seat at the table. In other words, um, if Bellator came and said, what
3: "Seat at the table," it, it's a kid's table. It's a kid's yeah, But listen, table. listen. Not, if Bellator, if Bellator came to no... you,
0: if Bellator came to you and said, um, "For your fight on May 12th, starting April 1st, you cannot have any sponsors anymore, and uh, you can only wear what we tell you to wear, and we're going to drug test you 24/7, 365," would you not at least like a say in that? They would, would, they like- would
3: be, they would be guilty of montampany, and that's illegal. And they would get lawsuits against them.
0: Okay, well that's happening in the UFC, and that's why Project Spearhead is probably. And they valuable, have a
3: lawsuit right? against them. Well, not, but they have you a did, lawsuit against them.
0: You didn't suffer that. The current fighters are suffering that. So why why not be for the Project Spearhead in addition to MMAFA?
2: I didn't have to deal with the Reebok deal, but I did have to deal with them taxing my sponsors, yes, putting my did. sponsors out of business because they forced them to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars just to sponsor me, three thousand dollars.
0: Yep. Yep. That's the same
2: scheme. It's the same control scheme.
0: As someone who is deeply invested in this, are you in favor of Project Spearhead? Uh,
2: What I don't understand is uh, everything that we have been pushing for and trying, they seem to be adopting, except um, Leslie Smith especially could not get support for any of her views in our group. And she continually... Broke our, our, our trust with uh, speaking about confidentially, spoken about things in our in our private chats. Okay. Um, that that's that's something that's not okay. We had secret private chats that were made public by her. Oh. Uh, that's the number one reason why she was asked to leave. Um, but she seems dead set on creating a single entity UFC monopoly, and that's that's a death wish to everybody. Um, You cannot have a a successful CBA under a single entity monopoly. It only works if there's multiple owners who are on the same playing field. And there is nobody at the match of the UFC. Nobody is on equal ground with the UFC, not even close. Nobody is knocking down the door to leave the UFC to go to Bellator because their title is going to bring them more money. If you want respect and you want the most money possible for you as a fighter, you have to go to the UFC. You do not have a choice.
0: We get to. I would love to talk about this uh, with you for hours. I love this topic. Um, I think it's it's somewhat ironic that you say that, being Gegar Musasi, who literally just did that. But I respect where you're coming from, and more importantly, I appreciate how passionate he, he, you are he, about this. He
2: left because of frustrations. He left with because of frustrations, and he may be making more money, but it's more money on a on a on a on a restricted level. The pay scale is restricted. Like he's never going to maximize his profits. He's never going to get a, a a real piece of the puzzle, the piece of the pie. He's not going to get a real percentage, and and, and the fearmongering that people put that that, that the Ali actor is going to turn us into boxing is, is BS. Right. We have different fan bases. Right. You're never going to have a card where you just fu- you just put the two top fighters like McGregor and and Mayweather. You're never going to get a card like that. By the fight fans won't stand for it. We're never going to make 85 percent of the gross revenue. If we may make 60 to 70 percent. When we'll have a fuller card, just like MMA fans want. That's our future, not not uh, a CBA under one single entity monopoly. It's it's not going to happen. You have uh, fight careers in the UFC, the top guys who are in the main event. It's two and a half years, less than two and a half years. The top guys, that's not even the minimum league minimum in the NFL to join their association. How and that's and that's removing people who've had only one fight. How are you going to have those guys pay into a pension if they don't even the top guys don't even fight two and a half years? What kind of pension? What kind of health care? Where's the money going to come from? Are you just going to take the money from the guys who have been there from 10 years and they're going to pay for the health care for guys who have one fight? How's that going to work?
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Um, we'd love to invite you back on to talk about this, but we were out of time. Congratulations on the new deal with Bellator and looking forward Thank to you your Thank you very debut. much. Uh,
2: make sure if you guys get a chance, I have a, a blog series coming out. on. Uh, I started a week ago uh, on medium.com, medium uh, backslash at John Fitch. I'm going through old journals is talking about uh, a lot of my old stuff that I went through in college and through uh, through the fight career. I'm I'm actually just putting out my journals for everyone to read so uh, you can see what actually is going on. This is very personal and uh, a little embarrassing, but I think you guys will really enjoy it. All right. Also official John Fish on YouTube. I do shake breaks every day at 10. Check me out.
0: Okay. Thank you, John. A man of many talents. We appreciate it very much. I will check out that journal. That sounds really cool on Thank me. you, Ariel. Appreciate him stopping by, and congratulations on the new deal with Bellator. Okay, so as I mentioned, speaking of Bellator, speaking of someone he was just talking about, essentially, let's go to our next guest. Gegard Musasi is stopping by. He returns at Bellator 200 in May in London against Rafael Carvalho for the midway title. Gegard, are you there? I'm good, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. By the way, did you hear any of the stuff John was saying? Did you hear any of that at the, at the end of the interview? Yeah, just a little bit, I heard. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on what he was saying as far as, you know, the free market and not being paid as much as, uh, you know, if, you, if you're you not in the UFC, you're not going to get paid as much as you're worth?
4: Well, UFC, how many percent of the fighters are making good money? I think that's maybe the champions and ex-champions. So if you're not one of those, you're not probably going to... Uh, get paid as you as much as you should, you know. So uh, for me, you know, uh, as a good, as a fighter, you want to be paid what you worth. Not saying okay, uh, because you never know if they're gonna give you a title shot or not, or they're gonna give you fight as long as, as uh, until you lose it, and then you won't be able to fight for the belt, you know. So it's it's only one or two guys that are fighting for the belt that make this money. So. Yeah, of course. If you're UFC champion, you're gonna make good money. But uh, if you're not, you go back to your old contract, and uh, right. yeah, then you're gonna make less probably.
0: Yep, that is true. Uh, you are happy in Bellator, though. The, the I, I'm assuming, right? I mean, for for the most part, even though you're not in the UFC, things are going well, right?
1: Yeah,
4: 100%. You know, uh, I have nothing to complain. Uh, I'm fighting in uh, London. Crow Cup, I heard is fighting too, and uh, you have already a great card. Uh, Phil Davis is fighting on that card, you know. You have some, uh, you're gonna have some English local fighters, uh, you know. Also, you know, it's gonna be a good, good, great card, especially for European market.
0: That's right. Um, that's Bellator 200. You're fighting for the belt. I have to ask you though, Gegard. The last time I spoke to you was the Monday after your debut against Alexander Slamenko. And you were very fired up. I mean, that interview, people still come up to me and talk to me about you telling the haters to suck it and all this stuff. Uh, I, I know it's several months later, but have you have you calmed down a little bit? Do you, do you still feel the same way? Or Like, when I bring it up again, do you still get fired up the way you did on that Monday?
4: No, listen, uh, I, I went I watched the fight. If I thought I, I would have I lost that fight, I would have uh, said, honestly, I lost that fight. But it was obviously two rounds to one round. So I clearly won the fight. Uh, you know, it's a uh, point system how the judges score. So uh, you know, there's nothing, um, there's no discussion about it. You know, uh, of course some fans, you have some Russian fans. Of course they're gonna pick the side of the of Alexander, but uh, it is what it is. You know, I take this victory to my grave. So whoever thinks I lost, you know, they have to live with that. Fuck them. What can I say?
0: <laughs> Um, w- when you watched the fight again, overall, I mean, you, you, you had to overcome, you know, the adversity early on with the eye. But were you happy? Like, was this, okay, you know, this is not as bad as I thought. Were you happy overall with your body of work?
4: No, no, of course I'm not happy. You know, uh, you know, after one, the first shot uh, that landed, I, I, you know, I broke my overthrow and then um, it was just holding on, uh, grabbing, taking down, controlling. Uh, I still won two rounds of the three uh, with one eye, so uh, I believe I, I'm the better fighter uh, then, I believe I'm the better fighter now, but uh, I did what I had to do with one eye, and uh, uh, if I felt, uh, if I didn't have that injury, I probably would have won also the third round, if not, I would have, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, sometimes things doesn't go your way always, you know it's fighting, it's you know, the case closed, everyone has a chance and he caught me. What can I say? You know, shit happens.
0: You you've laid low since that fight. I mean, you, I haven't heard much from you. What what have you been doing since you uh, since you went back home and and took some time off?
4: Well, I was uh, at the doctors uh, after the fight. You know, there was some uh, confusion. I don't know. I thought I lost my eye because my doctors were talking and they were so mysterious. You know. You know, people don't see what's happening uh, after the fight. And, um, but now my eye is good. Uh, I'm healed up. I'm training. Uh, training is going great. You know. I have no doubt I'm going to win that ball. But um, people can judge me well because of my previous fight. But, uh, you know, I never had two bad performers in a row. And uh, I'm not uh, planning to do that for now.
0: Did you have to have surgery?
4: No, the doctor uh, didn't feel, uh, I need a surgery. Uh, uh, my eye looks a little bit different now, <laughs> so uh, maybe after fighting, I get it fixed just for uh, cosmetic reasons.
0: <laughs> what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Looks different?
4: No, well, it, it, you know the shape is a little bit different. Uh, oh. Wow. So yeah, it was a big impact. So um, yeah, but. Uh, well, whatever, you know. I'm not, a, you know, I'm
0: not a... Did we lose him? Gagard, are you still there? Maybe have just lost him. We shall reconnect. Okay, we're calling him back. Just kind of faded away there. But that is a pretty, um, that is a pretty massive revelation. I, I-, I want to ask him again, Um, it sounded like he said he thought for a minute that he was going to lose his eye. Remember all the, I don't know, the criticism afterwards. Some people thought he won the fight. Some people thought he lost the fight. He was all kinds of fired up. He said to the haters, you can suck it. It was great stuff. And he hasn't really talked since then. The Bellator 200 lineup is as follows, at least as of right now, May 25th, it takes place. Um, Hey, Gegard, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. I was just wondering, Um, I, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Did you say that you thought for a minute that you may lose your eye?
4: Yeah, yeah because, um, you know, I had my physician, I had uh, also, I had my doctor, and I had also my doctor that had surgery on my leg. Uh, they were both with me uh, there, so... They were talking and it was like uh, very mysterious, And you know, doctors coming in, coming out, you know, you know, those things, you know, it's part of fighting, you know, I could wow. have easily also lost the knife, you know. Were it's, you worried? Uh, uh, at that moment, yeah, but, so yeah, it was another, uh, it was, not a, it was not a good thing.
0: Are you medically cleared now to resume sparring, to, to get hit in the eye? Is, is that all okay?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is fine. Uh, you know, uh, the doctor that I was seeing was one of the best in Holland. Um, he talked to the commission. He made he ensured them that everything is fine. I got clearance, and uh, so I'm. Uh, we're working towards the, you know, to the 200 uh, Bellator fight.
0: What What is it like when you get punched now? Like, do you feel some hesitation? No, no, not at all. You know, I, I can take. You know, it's
4: as good as it was. It's not. Uh, of course, anything can happen if you get a, a impact puncher like that. Of course, it, it could uh, 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 do damage, but uh, it, it, it's, it's the same as if it, it would if I would have operated. So okay. it's not going to make any
0: difference. Yeah. Um, by the way, sometimes Bellator doesn't put the the title fights on last, and they just announced this crow Cop fight against Roy Nelson. Are you going to be the main event, or is that going to be the main event? What are you hearing as far as what goes on last?
4: Well, I don't care. You know, for me it's the same. You know, main event, co-main event, who cares?
0: <laughs> you don't feel like a, traditionally the the title fight usually goes on last.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, for me it's not important. You know, I, I get to fight. Uh, people come to see the fights. Uh, the promotion do does whatever thinks is the best. Uh, my job is to go and fight, uh, you know, uh, I don't care.
0: Did you watch, uh, I, I know you had some, some, you know, responses back to Roy McDonald after your fight. Did you watch his last fight when he won the belt against Douglas Lima?
4: No, I just, you know, I skipped a little bit. Uh, he didn't have a great performance either, but, uh, you know, I'm not the one that's going to go on, uh, Twitter and, uh, say stupid shit, you know. <laughs> so, I like Ro- Rory McDonald, actually. I think he's a nice guy, probably, you know. Uh, he, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, after this fight, hopefully we can get it done, and then uh, he can come his, uh, show his own skills. But so, uh, he will come short, you know. His, his style is perfect for me. He's smaller. We're going to get his ass kicked, probably. <laughs> is
0: that is that is that the, the dream scenario for you, win the middleweight title and then fight Rory?
4: Yeah, it's an easier fight for me. I like easy fights.
0: (laughs) Easier fight? You think that Rory is an easier fight than Carvalho?
4: Yeah, no, no, no. Carvalho is tough. Rory is tough. But uh, after uh, Carvalho, um, Rory is the best choice. To be honest.
0: How do you feel about Carvalho? Uh, It's kind of hard to gauge, you know, where he is as far as like the top middleweights in the world are, because he hasn't been fighting the top middleweights you've you fought everyone under the sun UFC outside of the UFC where, where do you rank him based on what you've seen mm, he's uh he
4: would he would be on the if he would fight the UFC it would be on the top five probably let's say uh, 10 to 5 he would be ranked somewhere between there but you know this is you know he's tough he's, uh, he's the champion for a reason um you know, uh, he's skilled. He hasn't lost since 2011, I believe. So, he's confident. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm not underestimating he's a, he's, he's a champion for a reason, but uh, I'm coming to get that
0: belt. Was it a blessing to not fight for the belt in your debut? Is, is it almost better to get the first fight out of the way and then fight for the belt?
4: Uh, I, yeah, I think I have less pressure now. Uh, first fight, you know, coming in, you feel like They brought you and you have to beat everybody, but you know, at the end of the day, you realize a fight is a fight and anything can happen. So the pressure is off a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe if I would have fought for the belt, maybe I had a better fight, you know, any fight, every different fight is different. So I don't know, but uh, I think the nerves are a little bit gone. So I think I will do better.
0: The 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 UFC middleweight division is still kind of a mess, and after what happened, and you know, prior to the last fight, a lot of people were like, "Oh, if only Gegard was around, he would have gotten in that title shot." And stuff. Do you, do you, do you pay attention to what's going on over there at all?
4: Well, I watch uh, the big fights. Uh, you know, as a fan, I like to watch fights too. You know, but sure. uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would have got the title shot. Maybe if i beat in Luke Rockhold or something like that, maybe. But, uh, you know, you still had Gil Romero there, and then I would have have to wait again, you know. You never know with those stuff.
0: Okay, so you don't feel like, uh, like there wasn't any part of you that was remorseful. If, you know, if this would have played out when I was there, I would have finally gotten that UFC. You don't think like that?
4: no you know nothing is given nothing is written uh, yeah it's, uh, it's, uh, you know what can i say you know i made the best choice for me uh and uh you know i'm fighting for the bellator belt so for me i'm still fighting for the belt so sure uh and i like uh, if i beat the carvalho you know doors open i can go up to light heavyweight i can ac- accomplish a title there you know those are things that you know. It's different. So if I do well in that title fight, I win, and uh, you know, I can I can achieve bigger things. So that's the goal.
0: Uh, just wondering if you've spent a lot of time on your farm in your in your time off, and if so, how how yeah, has that was, been?
4: Well, I was just training in my uh, where is the where you milk the sheeps? Uh still? Yeah, I don't know where the you know where you put the cows and stuff.
0: That's where you just were?
4: No, no, no. I I made it into a gym, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I trained in my backyard, let's say. And then oh. uh, now I'm home and uh, so it's easier. Uh, I I trained 3 weeks uh, at my own house and then uh and the rest is uh in Amsterdam, other places.
0: What did you do with the 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 sheep and the the the, the horses that were there or the cows that were there, yeah. the stable?
4: Well, well, I gave them away to the old uh of the property. Uh, oh but, wow! You know, I, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm not that uh, good with animals.
0: <laughs> okay, so you don't have any animals. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's empty.
4: Around me, I have a lot of animals, like uh, you know, but uh, like because uh, it's a village.
0: <laughs> sure, but you don't have any that are like your responsibility that you have to look after.
4: No, 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 no. I, you know, I can't even take care of myself, let alone animals.
0: <laughs> how many people are living there right now? How how populated is it?
4: Well, my house. My brother lives next to me, so one, two, three, four. Well, I think it's six, seven people
0: in the house. Amazing. It's it's like yeah. a Musasi compound, just for you.
4: Yeah, yeah. Everyone comes here, and then uh, at the end of the night, they will go to their house
0: and and are there any neighbors in sight it's or is it Musashi very mansion yes Musasi <laughs> mansion exactly are there any neighbors yeah. in sight or is it uh is it pretty isolated
4: well i have a neighbor who's, uh pretty pretty into partying and stuff so, so oh. it comes handy sometimes
0: <laughs> why is it is that a good thing or a bad thing
4: uh after the fight it's a good thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> what kind of partying are we talking about gegard
4: well, last time, uh, it was a party with masks, and I don't know, you know, kinky oh. party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does he do yeah. it for you? Does he do it in honor of you, or is he no, just... No, the...
4: no, no, uh, he, he just invited us, and we went there, and um, wow.
0: yeah, we had a good time. What do you say, us? Uh, like, your mom is going too, your brother, everyone's going, your whole family?
4: No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> you said us. My brother and my cousin, we went there, but... Uh, wow. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, a mass kinky party. This sounds amazing.
4: Yeah, not much happened afterwards because we got into a fight and then we had to go home. So
0: what? a fight with who? Uh,
4: well, you know, some
0: discussions.
4: What do you mean? But, uh, other topic.
0: Not oh, so that's important. A... Okay, wow. That, I mean, this is the most interesting part of the interview. Is w- was it with the owner, the, like the neighbor himself?
4: No, 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 no. Just my brother. Uh, he wanted to go home, and uh, so we went home.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, there's so many layers to you, Gaygard. You know, I just try to. I just try to sort of chip away. You know,
4: people you know don't saying? know me. I'm kinky. I'm, no, You're... I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I, can, okay, can you... I
4: think the interview is going the wrong direction, uh, Ariel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. This that clip right there. Last time you gave us suck it. Now it's people don't know me. I'm kinky. That's the headline.
4: No, no, no. <laughs> I regret already saying that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, Gegard, I'll let you go. This has been a great... <laughs> it's been great to catch up. Uh, I'm very happy that you're getting this title fight. Finally, we get to see you fight for a belt. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. When's the last time you fought for an actual belt, Gegard? It feels like the Strikeforce fight, right? When mm. Against King
4: Mo? Yeah, Strike Strikeforce. Yeah, I think, you know, I have five belts, so we yeah. think we're going to make six belts. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's a pretty big accomplishment in the MMA because, uh, you know, I fought in the uh, you know, I would get, uh, yeah, so we see how it goes, and then maybe light heavyweight after this. So, but first, Amazing.
0: you know, let's get this one. Yeah, all right. Well, I wish you the best, Gegard. Thank you so much for the time, and good luck in May at Beltor 200.
4: No problem. Thanks, Ariel. Bye-bye.
0: All right, there he is, the one and only Gagar Musasi, the kinky Gegard Musasi, as he put it in his own words, returning to action in May at Beltor 200.